What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Micro Famous. We are kicking off the new year with a special episode on three myths that introverts have to overcome. And we're going to have some fun because we're talking about the things that essentially introverts are labeled as uh, by other people, uh, most of them not introverts, I would say. Uh, so they're kind of misconceptions, misunderstandings uh, based on how introverts relate with other people and, uh, and how our behavior and preferences uh, kind of strike other people, especially extroverts. So let's start with number one, that all introverts are quiet. And, uh, and there's a really famous TED Talk called The Power of Introverts, and the speaker, Susan Cain, went on to write, to write a book called Quiet. Uh, I think it's called like Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a Noisy World or something like that. Um, what's funny is that like in, in the spaces that I run in, which is coaches, consultants, you know, speaker, author types, uh, trainers, sales trainers, stuff like that, there's plenty of introverts and I wouldn't consider any of them quiet. I consider myself to be pretty opinionated and obstinate and fiercely independent. And I have zero problem standing up in front of thousands of people to speak. And most of the people that I would consider introverts in my world are the exact same way. Uh, I remember debating someone in youth group as a young teenager and essentially had the entire group of over 100 people all against me, kind of trying to uh, to shout me down and, and claim that I was wrong. It didn't bother me at all. So I'm far from quiet. And quiet is not what being an introvert is to me. So if you're not quiet, don't allow yourself to be labeled that way. It's one thing if you choose to be quiet or if you you present yourself that way. Uh, because that's your genuine personality. I don't think that that has, that's not automatically linked to you being an introvert. Like I said, there's many introverts I know who crawl across broken glass to go speak in front of a thousand people. So they're not quiet. You know, it's not automatic that just because introverts are introverted that we are automatically quiet and especially not that we're shy. So I think one of the things that we can do uh, to prevent being labeled that way is bold opinions, right? Identify your bold opinions. This is something that we help clients do in the process of launching their podcast. And, and there's tools uh, in the strategy tools section of the fast track to help you do this, but really identify and dig into your belief system and find the bold opinions. These are the things that you believe that are controversial or polarizing. Now, these don't things don't need to be negative. I'm not talking about being negatively polarizing because uh, I encourage all my clients to be positively polarizing, right? Say things that are controversial, but have a positive spin. Because if you're any kind of expert, we should have opinions uh, that your competition would disagree with. Like we're, we're all experts. If you've been doing what you've been doing, for you know, five years, 10 years, whatever, you're going to have opinions that your competition would disagree with. Uh, if you don't, then what's the difference between hiring you versus the competition? You know that there's differences. So the way to prevent being labeled as quiet or shy, I think even if, you pre even if you're naturally that way, you can still throw off that label and overcome that myth by identifying opinions that are bold, opinions that are positive, opinions that are polarizing, so that when you speak, it smacks people right between the eyes with an opinion that really hits and grabs their attention, it cuts through the noise, and it prevents a fresh and different perspective. When you do that, even if you were shy, even if you are naturally quiet on the quiet side, when you come out with a bold opinion that's, that's polarizing in the industry that your competition would disagree with, when you show up and you present that opinion, that's not going to come across as quiet and shy. And especially if you identify the things that you're really passionate about, the things that you're really excited to talk about, 
that's going to make you more excited. And even if you were naturally quiet and shy, I know people that are very shy that when they're talking about something they're really passionate about, they come alive. You can see the light in their eyes change. And yeah, I'm sure you know people like that too. So I do want to bust the myth that introverts are all quiet and shy because I know plenty of introverts that aren't. And the more that we really zero in on our bold opinions by digging into our belief system and finding the things that we can say that our competition would disagree with, that allow, that will completely prevent us from ever being labeled as quiet. So that's number one. What's the second one? Myth number two, all introverts hate people. And, uh, and someone once called me a hermit genius, one of my clients, which I thought was hilarious. And I love that term hermit genius. They actually got me a, a t-shirt uh, with it. That's one of my workout shirts now. Uh, but to me, that's only one type of introvert. You may not identify with that term at all, the hermit genius. You might love people. Um, especially in smaller intimate settings. I know I do. Uh, I really enjoy really deep, uh, authentic conversations. I'm not much one for like kind of skipping along the surface, making small talk. And, and I don't want to spend my life constantly and consistently meeting and interacting with new people. Not because I don't like people, but because it's just, it's mentally and emotionally taxing. You know, it drains my energy faster than talking to people that I'm already familiar with. Uh, and if you're an introvert, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we have kind of a, a closer, um, I would say, inner circle of people that we have really deep relationships with. And it's relaxing to hang out a lot of times one-on-one -on -one or in very small groups with those people because we're already comfortable. We don't have to do the mental calculus of networking and worrying about, you know, do we need to talk to this person and bring them into the conversation? Do we need to, you know, move from group to group? Do I need to move on? Am I, am I monopolizing? in this person's time, like all the things that go through an introvert's head when we're meeting and interacting with new people for the first time, that stuff kind of goes away. And that, that part of your brain is allowed to turn off when you're talking to people that you know really well. So it's not, I don't believe that introverts hate people. It's that we enjoy people, but in, in a way that allows us to protect and manage our energy. It's just, it's one of those myths that we have to overcome. And one of the ways that I think we can bust that myth is the way that we use social media. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one of my clients is really good at asking engaging questions. So I've stolen some of her uh, approaches for that. So for example, like the way that I picked this topic for the podcast today was I just put out on Facebook that, hey, I've got, uh, I've got two solo podcast topics I'm thinking about. Which one should I record? And I gave them the, gave the titles and this one won. In fact, it won by 100% to zero. Uh, and so I decided to record this topic. So I'm interacting with my audience and getting their feedback on what solo podcasts I'm going to record. I also do Facebook Live videos. Uh, I used to do more of them. It's, it's tapered back a little bit towards the end of 2020, but usually, you know, once every, uh, I'd say three or four weeks, sometimes a little bit more often if I feel like it. But those live videos and I interact with the audience and I answer questions and I talk about what's on my mind with podcasting and things like that. Uh, I also, in my emails, both live uh, to my list and ones that are in my uh, long-term email nurture system, there's, there's specific places where I, I ask for feedback and I say, hey, hit reply and let me know. And I encourage people to actually directly reply to the email and start a conversation. It's not just me having a you know, one to many broadcast, I talk and you listen kind of conversation. So the way that we use social media, the way that we use our email list, if, you, if you're into live video, you can do that as well. But the way that you use social media can prevent you from being, you know, assigned that label of, oh, you hate people. You know, I've got folks that assume I'm an extrovert just because of the way that I present myself on things like live video and podcasts. Uh, even though I, I would consider myself a pretty big introvert, I'm an extroverted introvert. I know when to turn it on. I know how to turn it on when I need to. And that's the part of me that most people see on social media. So the way that I use social media 
prevents me from being labeled that I hate people, even though on a daily basis, I prefer a lot of alone time and I don't want to do more than three or four hours of calls because then I've got to go take a nap, right? So I would consider myself an introvert, but I don't allow myself to be labeled that I hate people by the way that I use social media. Uh, one of my favorite clients who's another introvert uses Facebook Messenger as the primary way that he connects with his audience. And that inspired me to do more of that as well. It's a very easy way to engage with people because you can answer messages on your own time. It's all time shifted. Um, you can even send voice messages or video messages. So, um, you know, you can, you can be super, super interactive. You can type them out. You can, you can send all text messages. You can really determine how you want to engage with people. Get it. But it gives people a way to reach out to you that makes them feel valued and makes them feel heard without intruding on a lot of your personal space, right? Like taking incoming calls all the time, as an example. I don't allow basically anyone to just call me up randomly and expect for their call to be answered. Even my clients don't expect that. They're, they're trained to look forward to the next scheduled call that we have. So as opposed to saying like, hey, here's my phone number, give me a call, like some of my extroverted friends would say, I say, hey, um, connect with me on Facebook, hit me with a Facebook message. That way they can reach out and I can respond an hour or a day later and I can respond by text, by voice or by, by video, depending on what I feel like in the moment. So the way that we use social media can also be a way that we can make people feel loved and valued and, and, and all that, give people the warm and fuzzy so that we don't get that label of, of hating people without actually changing much about our daily lives and our behavior. So think about how you use social media Find a platform where you can be accessed in a way that's comfortable to you, and it goes a long way to being uh, labeled as hating people. All right, so let's move on and finish out with number three. Myth number three, introverts are heartless. Um, this comes from one of the running jokes on my first podcast, Real Estate Uncensored. So my co-host on that show, Greg, declared that um, he was going to give out his cell phone number and encourage everyone to call or text him to set up a time for a free hour of coaching. He was going to offer it Monday through Thursday. Well, he got flooded with calls and texts, right? He ended up being booked 18 months in advance and got completely burnt out on it to the point where he stopped doing it completely and now just kind of occasionally brings it back. And, and mostly he just gives out his number for people to text and set up a call and he kind of picks and chooses uh, he, who he wants to help. But in the process of him deciding he was going to give out a cell phone number, he encouraged me to do the same thing. And I'm like, absolutely not. There's no way. Like that podcast has a million and a half downloads, a, a ton of listeners, a big audience, a big engaged audience. There's no way I'm giving my cell phone number out on the air so that I get random texts from anyone in the audience. Like I just can't keep up with it. And so he then declared that I had a cold black heart, that in place where my heart should be, there was actually just a lump of coal. And it's been a running joke on the show ever since. Well, he's a master of extrovert, right? So he enjoys, you know, the interaction. He enjoys the incoming text. He enjoys the random incoming calls. He's also a cold calling master, right? He's a person that has no problem making three, four, five, six, seven hundred dials a day uh, to find, you know, the next couple of clients. That's not my bag either. And so I think extroverts, you know, sometimes when they run right off of a cliff and do something that only makes sense for them, they enthusiastically expect us to follow them right off the cliff. And it's super entertaining and I love them for it, but I'm not going to follow them on their super extroverted adventures. I would rather be famously unavailable and then have the few people that get access to me really value the time that we spend together and come away with something really, really concrete and impactful, right? That doesn't make me heartless. And, and being an introvert that likes your personal space doesn't make you heartless either. 
So one of the ways that we can push back against this label, um, I'll, I'll tell you how I do it, and then you can see if it makes sense for you. But the ways that I push it back against this is by developing really good relationships with key strategic partners. These are the people that I actively look for ways to bring them value, either by introducing them to other influencers or by jumping on occasional strategy calls, by putting them on my podcast, introducing them to other podcast hosts, throwing them uh, speaking engagements when they don't work out for me, or just anything that I can do to bring value to them. Now, these are people that I don't talk to on a daily basis. So I wouldn't say they're part of my daily business life, but those occasional conversations or those high value introductions I can make every two or three months makes them feel loved and valued in a way that doesn't drain my energy. And it creates this, you know, this, this circle beyond kind of the inner circle of trust out, you know, like a, another circle outside of the people that are, that have daily access to me where they feel loved and valued. And we have kind of an ongoing conversation, but if I don't talk to them for three months, we just kind of pick right back up where we left off the next time we do talk. Um, I remember having, uh, so one of our, one of our clients, He's in like the, the the coaching space, so we kind of run in the same circles, and we just like hanging out. And so at one point, uh, we had a just an occasional strategy call in the books for every eight weeks, just to talk strategy about what you know the things that we were thinking uh, and seeing in the space, and where things are going, and trends and stuff like that. And that's actually what led to him being a client. Was we had such a good time in those conversations, and we came to respect each other's points of view and our beliefs and opinions that it fin finally he just said like, hey, we need to hire you. Uh, it wasn't that I intended it for, be, for it to be that way. I considered him a strategic referral partner and someone in the space that I wanted to get to know better. And just kind of in that, that medium circle of someone that I touched base with every you know two to three months or so. And it turns out that that ended up making him want to become a client. And I think for introverts, um, as you get more comfortable uh, and one of the ways that we can prevent being labeled as being heartless um, is to recognize that as an introvert, you probably have a very small circle of very close, deep relationships. And then for some introverts, it's like it's that inner circle. And then the whole rest of the world is just on equal footing. It's like, hey, it's us versus them. It's like I have my inner circle and there's all the rest of you randoms. As, as I've become a little bit more extroverted over the years, I've learned how to have a, a middle ground in there where, hey, you might not be in my inner circle to where you have daily access, but there's a medium ground. There's another circle beyond that where we can have an ongoing relationship and an ongoing conversation where we talk every two to three months and bring a lot of value. And we both feel loved and, and we get a lot of value out of the relationship, but we don't have to talk every week in order to get that. And um Having that, having that key kind of middle middle circle, medium circle of strategic relationships with other people in your industry will go a long way towards preventing you from being labeled as being heartless. So if you're an introvert and you have a very small circle of very deep, close relationships, and then everybody else is kind of on the same footing, think about who are the 25 key people in your industry that you want to have just a, a medium ground relationship with. You don't talk every day. You don't talk every week. You talk every two to three months. You make an effort to connect them with people that you know. You make an effort to bring value to their life. You have some occasional strategic conversations just to, just to keep in touch and make sure that you know what their goals are. Make sure you know what they're excited about so that you have those sets of conversations with a greater kind of uh, it's not an inner circle, but maybe a medium circle of relationships that will go a long way towards preventing you from being labeled as heartless. So when word gets around that you're someone that's valuable to know, 
and you put relationships first, that's an incredibly valuable thing to have, right? That reputation in an industry that you are someone that puts relationships first. If you are in like a circle like I run in where almost all the people at the top of the industries know each other, the fact that my strategic relationships know that I put those relationships first and that I make time for them, even though we don't talk every single week, that means a lot to them. And it means that I have a reputation as someone that's good to know, that puts relationships first, that brings value first. And that makes the next round of introductions and meeting new people in the space much, much easier. And my reputation precedes me. So that's number three, that introverts are heartless. And I think we can, uh, we can break all of those labels and we can prevent all those labels by the way that we interact, by the way that we present ourselves, by the way that we build relationships. All this stuff is in the microfamous system. All this stuff is part of uh, the, the systems and tools and templates that are in the fast track. It's all things that actually are part of our marketing system but they prevent us from being labeled in those ways. So remember that being an introvert is much more about what gives you energy versus what expends your energy. And the more high stimulus the environment, the faster you burn that energy. So we need the alone time to recharge. We don't have unlimited energy to be social. And so the more that we learn to work with that and use our marketing system in the, in the way that we teach in, in the microfamous system, it will take care of a lot of those labels being applied to us that we don't like and the myths that have to be overcome. They are real. We do have to acknowledge that those myths and labels are out there, but that doesn't mean we have to allow ourselves to be slapped with those labels in a negative way. We can break those. We can prevent those labels from being assigned to us all by how we operate within our marketing system. And all the things are, are taught and, um, and shared that will take care of that in the microfamous system, right? Because it's designed for introverted experts. So that's all I've got for you today. The three myths that introverts have to overcome. Hopefully the specific things that, that I talked about will be helpful. There are things that you can implement. There are approaches that you can start on uh, right away. Obviously, if you want the tools and shortcuts and templates to do that, it's all in the fast track. Or you can, if you want us to help you install all that stuff, including running your podcast, launching it, producing it, and how all that, all that fun stuff, um, just reach out. There's plenty of links below where you can get more information on either working with us directly, or you can reach out to me on Facebook Messenger, like I mentioned earlier. But make sure that uh, make sure that you've got kind of built into your marketing system the things that will take care of those myths and those labels, right? Because they they will potentially hurt you in your business if they go around. It's one thing if it's a joke. It's another thing if it's actually the way people think about you. And I don't think that people should automatically assume those things about introverts, but the way that we are and the way that we interact with people does sometimes lead to those, those myths. So we have to take responsibility for that and change the way that we market and present ourselves so that we don't get slapped with those labels that end up hurting our reputation. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the reviews of the show. I thank you for everyone that shares the show with their fellow introverts and introverted experts. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode of Microfamous.